You know, I like uh, net lease because I think that it's it's very stable. It's very secure. You know, when you look at the large institutions, the large real estate investment trusts and funds and family offices, they're all investing in net lease. Um, it's a very stable and secure asset. It's very predictable, right? With your multifamily, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what your vacancy is going to look like. You don't know what kind of repairs you may or may not need. You don't know what market rents are going to do. In my triple net lease deal, I know exactly how much rent I'm collecting. It doesn't matter how much taxes or insurance or repairs are. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Well, today and actually over the next few days, we're welcoming back a guest. His name is Dan Lukowitz, and he is a senior director at Encore Real Estate Investment Services, specialized in shopping centers, medical office buildings, pharmacies, uh, quick service restaurants, automotive repair, parts stores, as well as some resorts as well. 15 years experience in real estate. He started his career actually house hacking, uh, moved on to uh, flipping houses uh, or a house in Detroit, uh, and then uh, founded Renaissance Real Estate Ventures. Uh, but he, he's done a few different things. But now he he's a broker in in, in triple net uh, or in net investing, and he is uh, just making it happen. And he's going to lay out a number of things that you need to know. I don't care whether you're active or passive, you're going to learn a lot from Dan today. He's going to dive in right, right away. We're going to talk about the economy and, and bring out just what he believes is going to happen, right? What is the economic outlook? What he thinks about it? what he's listening to, uh, and some of the things that are affecting that. He's going to go in even to a company that filed bankruptcy and why, and we're going to try to learn from that as well. You're going to hear us in other segments go into some uh, some examples that he's going to dive into around triple net uh, and some, some value add ways that hey, maybe something you've never thought about. Uh, but whether you're active or passive, again, you're going to learn from him. In third segment, we actually took a turn that I didn't expect. And I love those episodes as well, where we can pull out something from someone that's important to them that's helped them perform at a high level that you don't typically get to talk about on the show. And Dan does just that and adds a ton of value. Dan, welcome back to the show. Honored to have you on again. And I, I want the listeners to know right up front, we're going to do a series here and talk about a number of different things and bring out some of Dan's expertise uh, that we we all need to know at the moment, all the times, but especially at the moment, he's got some things that I know are going to help you today. Dan, welcome back. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You had a great time last time, and I'm looking forward to this time as well. Yeah, me too. You know, one thing Dan mentioned right off the bat was just, uh, you know, something that I feel like almost anybody in this space has to have. He's talked about this steadfast determination grit, uh, you know, it takes to get deals done and, you know, a team that's on top of every single little nuance. It's, that's how you worded it. I love that. I love that determination to to just, uh, it's kind of like whack-a-mole, right? <laughs> you know, any kind of nuance that pops up, hey, how are we going to, you know, be on top of that the next time, right? Who's in charge of that? You know, so we know we're we're on top of this. And, and what he said, actually, so investors can just sit back. And and I love that as well. So, uh, but Dan, let's jump right in. I know it's been, uh, you know, two or three years since you were on last. Uh, and But remind the audience who you are, what you do a little bit, the, you know, the type of asset class that you all are focused on. Uh, and let's dive in. Sure. So I'm Dan Lukowitz. I'm a senior director here at Encore Real Estate Investment Services. We're kind of like a boutique uh, net lease investment services firm. Uh, we sell commercial real estate all over the country. Uh, we've got 37 agents. Um, last year, we sold 320 properties in 43 states, totaling $985 million. So 
Um, despite the fact that we're kind of a small to medium sized shop, we are a huge shop when it comes to volume. Um, we sell everything from pharmacies to discount retailers like dollar stores, auto parts repair and service uh, stores, um, medical office building, industrial properties, shopping centers. I personally have sold some resorts. Um, everything that we sell is, is you know, uh, typically going to be high quality investment uh, real estate. And uh, we represent buyers and sellers all over the world. Um, and, you know, we really love what we do. So uh, my expertise really is in shopping centers, uh, dollar stores, discount retailers, um, pharmacies, medical office buildings, and uh, a lot of quick service restaurants. I didn't mention that. I do uh, a lot of quick service restaurant sales. Um, and yeah, we love what we do. We're, we're very good at it. And we are, are, are excited to work with investors, you know, of all sizes from all parts of the world. Love that. Uh, and and you mentioned a number of, uh, of descriptions of asset class that you all are focused on there. Give a high level of what triple net means uh, a little bit, maybe sure. for our newer uh, passive investors or you know active investors that are listening. Uh, and then we'll dive into some specifics. Absolutely. So when I get that question, I like to, to, to tell you what net lease is by telling you what net lease is not by making the comparison to a well-known asset class called multifamily, right? So if you have a multifamily property, you know, an apartment complex, and that apartment complex brings in a small one, we'll call it, you know, 10 units. Let's say that that property, they're paying $12,500 a year. So those 10 units are yielding a gross income, right? And this is key, a gross income of $125,000 per year. Now, at the same time, you've got a Wendy's property, right? So it's just, you know, typical Wendy's that you see in every town and every, you know, every state and every uh, part of the country. And, And that property... Wendy's, either Wendy's corporate or the franchisee, if they're the one that has signed the lease, we can talk a little bit more about lease guarantors later. Um, but in that regard, they're paying $125 as well. So apples to apples, right? You've got one property bringing in $125,000 annually and another property bringing in $125,000 annually. Now you have to dial down a little bit and look at the expenses. So if you look at a multifamily property, you have things like property management, insurance, taxes, you might have some vacancy, um, you might have to do some capital expenditures, repairing the parking lot, repairing the roof, not uncommon in multifamily for your expenses to be about, you know, 50% of your gross income. So that, you know, $125,000 annual gross collected rent or annual gross income could go all the way down to let's call it 60 grand. Now, flip back to the, the Wendy's deal, right? That's an absolute triple net deal. So what that means is that Wendy's, either the corporation or the tenant, whoever's on the lease, is responsible to pay not only the rent, but they're responsible to pay the taxes for your building, pay the insurance for your building, pay for all common, all, all maintenance, uh, you know, any management, groundskeeping, et cetera, et cetera, snow plowing, parking lot, roof structure, all that jazz. That's called an absolute triple net lease. And the reason it's called that is that that $125,000 of rent is net to the investor. That is exactly what he or she collects. So, so that's the way that I describe, you know, the difference between, you know, triple net and other asset classes. Now within triple net, Whitney, there are um, some nuances. What I described is an absolute triple net deal, right? There are other deals that in some part of the country, they call them triple net. Where I, where I live, they call them double net. Those deals are very similar. Tenant pays for the taxes, the insurance, and the maintenance for the building. However, they don't pay for large capital expenditures, like things like the roof, and the structure, and sometimes even the parking lot. Um, and then you can go down from there. You have you know single net deals or gross modified deals. Um, but in general, that's how a triple net lease structure works. No, that's a great comparison. I like the thought process there. Uh, you know, of, of one asset class to the other, and some yeah. simple simple numbers there. Uh, just so we can all wrap our mind around what you know what, what you focus on. Um, and and you know maybe just even even another thought there on. 
you know, why? Why, you know, strictly focus on on this type of property and not multifamily? So now when you say why, are you saying as an investor or as a broker? Um, I, I, let's say broker first. Oh, broker first. That's the harder one. You know, I like uh, net lease because I think that it's it's very stable. It's very secure. You know, when you look at the large institutions, the large real estate investment trusts and funds and family offices, they're all investing in net lease. Um, it's a very stable and secure asset. It's very predictable, right? With your multifamily, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what your vacancy is going to look like. You don't know what kind of repairs you may or may not need. You don't know what market rents are going to do. In my triple net lease deal, I know exactly how much rent I'm collecting. It doesn't matter how much taxes or insurance or repairs are. And furthermore, all net lease deals have the, uh, if there are rental escalations or increases in rent, those are built into the lease from day one. So when I'm buying that deal, I know what my rent is going to look like. I can look at a spreadsheet and know my rent is going to look like every month for the next 20 years. It's not something you can say with other commercial asset classes. Now, as it pertains to your question, Whitney, um, with regards to investors, I think it's very similar, right? Net lease is very secure. It's very stable. It's very predictable. It's all the things that I would want in an asset, in an investment, if I'm putting my dollar somewhere. So I think that I, I like it for the same reasons. Um, I think that that you know, stepping aside as from a broker perspective, transactionally, I like the fact that you know I can I can look at a Wendy's anywhere in the country and in, in three minutes have a really good idea of that property as it pertains to the lease, the guarantor, the demographics, the traffic counts, the population density, uh, average household incomes, et cetera, et cetera. For me, at least, you know, there are so many different multifamily buildings all over the country that are very different from one another. So I kind of like that cookie cutter aspect of it. I like the fact that I can dial down and very quickly tell you what your property is worth because of the fact that I'm an expert in a very specific niche of commercial real estate. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I like team members uh, like yourself who are, are very focused in a niche, right? Or focused in an area. So they are an expert, right? In that specific thing. And, and that's, that's who you want on your team, uh, right? Uh, and so uh, I love that. So let's let's dive in a little bit to, I, I want to just get right to it because I know the listeners want to know this. They know I'm going to ask typically later in the show, but but because of you know your experience and really uh, expertise in this niche and across the country, right? I feel like you know you said 40 some states, uh, you know 320 properties last year. Just really the economic outlook, right? What, what's Dan expecting to happen in the next six, 12, 18 months? I say, you know, I, I know, I know everybody. Nobody has the crystal ball, right? But but what we believe is going to happen affects what we're doing today, right? Uh, and so I just wanted to jump right in, you know, and let's just say, okay, well, you know, what's Dan believes going to happen? Uh, what, what's your thoughts, uh, you know, as even as you're talking to lots of investors, right? And and they're having thoughts and concerns, or or maybe they're gung-ho right now, or maybe many are reserved. Uh, just kind of how you're feeling out what's happening right now. Sure, yeah, this is something I talk about a lot, right? I'm, I'm either going to get, you know, a lot of people yelling at me in 12 months, or people forgetting that I said what actually is going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see the way that it pans out. And I'm just kidding. It could pan out in a positive direction, too. So it's a very tough question to answer. I mean, I think for anyone, especially like right now, I think that in, in the past, it's been easier to answer that question. What I will tell you is that we've seen the federal funds rate go up 525, 550 basis points. So 5.25 or 5.5% over the last 15 or 16 or so months, right? If I look at each of the sectors that I've described in net lease and told you how much the cap rates have risen, you'd be floored because 
in most cases, we're looking at changes between 25 and 75 basis points, right? That's probably roughly about 10% of the change. And as we know, right, there are cash buyers in any market, but a lot of buyers are finance buyers. And really, when you look at a deal, you look at the cash on cash return. And if you're going to look at the levered cash on cash return, you have to have some type of a positive spread, right? So, so two years, uh, 15, 16 months ago, when you were buying a building, right, at a five cap, right, a 5% return, but you were getting your financing at, th- at 3%, okay, that makes sense. But what about today when your financing is at six and a half or 6.75% and your cap rate's at 5%? So to me, I'm amazed because, and I think this just goes to show you, it's a testament to the strength of NetLease. NetLease has stood firm. You know, I think dollar stores are the segment in my market that have had seen the most swing, arguably. And that's likely because over the last 10 years, they went from 10 caps to nine caps, to eight caps to seven to six to five, right? So they went down very quickly. And and typically, you know, the, the faster they, they, in this case, fall, but the, the faster the cap rate goes down, faster it's going to go up when something changes. But even dollar stores, 75, 100 basis point swing, maybe 125 basis point swing, that's still nowhere near 525 or 550 basis points. So that just goes to show you the strength of net lease and the stability of these assets. In terms of what's going to happen, you know, I, I, I follow... You know, the Federal Reserve very closely, as I'm sure you do. And, and you know, I listen carefully, not only to the announcements, but to the nuances and to the things that people like, you know, Jerome Powell, uh, you know, tend to tend to speak about. And it seems to me like, you know, we're in for maybe one more increase in rates this year. But it seems like the, the rates are going to taper off. I think that, you know, we could get into the conversation of CPI and what it is and whether it's an accurate measure or whether it just gets changed every time the BLS wants to change it. You know, you might be able to you know, insinuate what my opinion is. But regardless, that's a metric that, that Jerome Powell and, and, and the Federal Reserve Board uh, look at closely. And in, in their eyes, they've done a great job of getting that down from something that was, you know, potentially runaway inflation to something that's much more manageable. So that being said, I think they're going to take their feet off, off the gas a little bit in terms of, of, of uh, interest rate hikes, which I think, you know, this economy, I mean, if you read the news, you would think that, 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 that you know, the Dow was crashing and the NASDAQ was crashing and commercial real estate's in the toilet. But go put, you know, pull up the stock market today. I mean, you're, you're looking at, at historic highs across, you know, in, in major indices, which is incredible. You know, look at, at real estate. Values have been relatively unaffected. It's incredible. And if you look across at things like residential real estate, I mean, which, you know, it's not my expertise, although I do have a lot of, 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 of experience investing in residential real estate, but, you know, not as a broker. You look at things like prices, right? Now, now what, what's gone on in, 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 in uh, you know, these changes with the interest rates, for example, it's really forced people to hold their property and made the market even tighter. There's an undersupply across the country in residential real estate, and that's why prices really haven't budged very much, which to me is incredible. So I think that once we're able to, to, to have a period of, in my opinion, nine to 12 months of interest rate stability, no major hikes or decreases in interest rates for nine to 12 months, that's when we'll see really where the market is. But I think this market is still strong. I think this market is still hot and still poised to grow once things you know stable out, which is not what we've been hearing, right? And what's very interesting, my biggest takeaway from the, the meeting uh, last week was that Jerome Powell mentioned the consensus amongst everyone in, in, you know, in the group is that we are no longer headed for a recession, which is a complete reversal. And it's something that I'm I'm elated to hear. So I, I really have a very positive outlook. Um, now, I will tell you what I'm seeing as a broker, and I think I see things more on ground zero than most people, even than investors, is that there's a lot of opportunities in distressed assets, right? Because there's a lot of corporations that 
you know, had a very difficult time handling the roller coaster of the pandemic and the post pandemic and everything that's gone on, you know, labor shortages and, 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 and supply, you know, increase in costs of, of goods and labor, which has been very, very, you know, straining. So what that's doing is that's causing certain, certain uh, operators of real estate to file for bankruptcy. Now, what's fascinating, Whitney, is that the actual underlying real estate is very valuable. Not that the real estate had a problem. It's that the company that was operating the real estate had a problem. I'll give you a perfect example. I've got a Burger King that I listed for sale, operated by one of the larger franchisees of of Burger King called Tom's Kings. Uh, Tom's Kings has 91 locations, had 91 locations. Well, come March of this past past March of this year, they filed for bankruptcy and they got out of all of their their sites. Mm. So that underlying real estate was great. That's not the problem. The problem is the operator couldn't handle whatever business you know difficulties they were ha- having. So I see this all across the country. That so what does that that does is that presents an opportunity for a new a new investor to come in buy this vacant building, right? You know, deploy some tenant improvement dollars, some capital expenditures, put a new tenant in there, sign a new lease, and you know maybe make half a million or a million dollars in equity on the deal. So I'm seeing more and more of that, and because of all of this, you know, tumultuous, uh, you know, factors that have been going on, I think that that's a great opportunity for investors today, especially you know in 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 the the, the area specifically of net lease. Wow, a, a corporation or a company that had 100, what'd you say, 190 stores? They uh, had 91 locations. Oh, so 91. Pretty big. Yeah, still yeah. 91 locations uh, filing for bankruptcy. Uh, man, I, you know, I know uh, maybe this is you know not privy to you. I don't know. I just wonder what was their problem? You know, what happened for them to have to go bankrupt with that size of an organization? I just, man, because all of us want to learn from that, right? And, and sure, yeah. we're not making the same oh, mistake. From what I've heard, and, and by the way, a month later, Meridian filed for bankruptcy. They had 119 locations. So my understanding is that both of those companies suffered from, from you know, overexpansion. They, they, they built too, too many new stores and they uh, renovated too many new stores and they spread themselves too thin. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Boom, they got shut down. Boom, labor prices went up. Prices of foods rose faster than they've risen in 40 plus years, right? Wow. And they had labor shortages. So I'm talking to clients of mine all across the country who own and operate these properties because many times I don't just deal with the investors. I deal with the actual operator. And they're they're closing their stores for you know many hours during the day. They're just not able to staff them. So what is that going to do to your sales and your bottom line, right? It's a very It's a very difficult situation. But again, that's opportunity for the next guy. Wow. Yeah, that is an opportunity. How do how would you how do you see uh you know some of your clients now being prepared for opportunities like that? Like I don't know, just thinking about the operators that are listening right now that would be a prime, you know, client of yours, right? How can they be prepared to take advantage of opportunities like that? Well, first of all, if you own real estate, you need a property evaluation, what we call a proposal or a broker opinion of value. And there's no reason not to get one. I mean, you reach out to someone like me, I'll have you one within a few days, no cost. It's just a valuable piece of information that'll tell you exactly what your property's worth. Because chances are, it's not worth what it was worth a year ago, even six months ago. There have been definitely have been major changes. So as on the buy, on the on the ownership side, that's definitely what I would recommend. You know, if you're an investor and you want to, you know, get kind of take the next step. I would just say like, continue to, to look at deals, continue to underwrite deals. If you did an extra pair of eyes on a deal, you know, reach out to me. I'm happy to give you my, my opinion. Um, but you know, keep your eyes open because there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And what I see happening, this is going to happen big time in multifamily, but it's going to happen in net lease as well. Over the next 24 to 48 months, there's a tremendous amount of debt that's coming due. So, right. Remember I talked a few minutes ago about the five cap deal that at three, 3% interest rate made sense. Right. Well, that deal doesn't make sense at six and a half or seven percent interest. 
So as many people know, you know, commercial mortgages are not like your residential mortgage where you lock in for 15 or 30 years. You know, your typical you know, uh, commercial real estate mortgage, it might have an amortization of 25 or 30 years, but it typically has a balloon in five, seven, 10 years. So many of them are five or seven years. So all these people that locked in at these historically low rates, right? The deal made sense. The five cap deal at a 3% interest rate made sense. But once that debt comes due, they're in big trouble because the deal's not going to pencil. They're going to have negative cash flow. And even more importantly, to meet the lender's standards, right, of loan to value and debt service coverage ratio, they might have to actually bring capital to closing. It would be like a cash in refi. That's going to cause a lot of sellers that are going to be selling, and that's going to create a lot of opportunity. No doubt about it. Uh, one more quick thing before we end this segment, Dan. How to, just speak to the relationship of, you know, say your top clients and somebody like yourself right now. Like, how are they top of funnel for you to, to see the next deal or opportunities like this? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just the way that it works in our world. I mean, I have like, I've got my guy for shopping centers, right? Yeah. He bought shopping centers from me before. He performs. He does a great job. If I have a new client or an existing client that's selling a shopping center, the last thing I want to do is bring them a buyer that's going to you know, be a problem buyer or try yeah. to retrade tremendously or walk out of a deal or something like that. So if I've got someone like this individual in my pocket who I'm in touch with every single day of the week, believe it or not, showing them deals, right? That, that, that's going to be the first person that sees the deal. And I tell my, 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 my clients that I'm listing the shopping center for, I say, listen, I, I want to put all the cards on the table for you. We can list this property, right? We can put it on the market. We can see who's going to come to us. And we may find somebody I worked with before, or we may find a new buyer. But chances are, this is going to not not going to be somebody who's tried and true, who has a track record of closing deals with me in the very you know many deals in the recent recent you know past. So some sellers will say, put it on the market, and I know what you know. We put it on the market, and maybe we sell it, or maybe the other the original buyer comes back at a lower price. But a lot of sellers are going to say, Dan, you got a relationship with this guy. Let, let's see what we can do with him. So it's so important to have relationships with brokers. I mean, this guy gets a first look at, at at almost all deals. If I think it fits him, whether it's my deal or somebody else's deal, I put it in front of him, right? And the same thing goes for other asset types, right? So, you know, over the years, I've developed my core, core buying clients. They're seeing these deals first. And it's not just like giving them an unfair advantage. They're seeing it first because they're a higher caliber buyer, period. And as a broker, my job is to match the highest caliber buyer who's going to give the best price with the best terms and make everybody's life as easy as possible. And in many cases, the most the easiest way to do that, the most likely way to do that is as I've just described. They performed, right? Yes. <laughs> they performed with the least amount of hassle right. uh, and, and it's been very steady, right? They, yeah, they've I, done it. As a broker, I mean, the worst feeling is going back to a seller and saying, Hey, I'm sorry, but so-and-so didn't perform. We have to take it back out to market. I hate that. Those are the calls that keep me up at night. I, I like to avoid those the same way I like to avoid things like the plague. <laughs> no doubt about it. Dan, uh, grateful for your time uh, in this segment. We're, we're going to end this segment here, but I still want you to tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Sure, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much. This has been fun, just like it was last time. I really appreciate it. So yeah, please reach out to me if there's anything I can do. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. Dan is my first name, last name is Lukowitz, L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z. Again, L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z. You can Google my name too. It'll come up on tons of podcasts like this this great one here. Um, and then also, happy to just give out my direct cell phone so anyone can reach out to me directly if there's anything that I can do. That number is 248 943 2838 again 248-943-2838. If you have commercial property, you have to know what it's worth. 
you have commercial property that you want to sell, you have to call me because I can guarantee you we're going to hustle harder. We're going to work harder. We're going to you know, make sure that you can sit back and relax while myself and my team handles every single aspect of the transaction. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.